Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us the spiritual mentor, breathwork practitioner, and CEO of Elise Breathes. She's an Akashic record reader and the podcast host of Reclaiming Consciousness. She helps individuals who feel stuck, whether it be in wealth, healing, psychic abilities, partnership, or trauma. She helps them transform their current realities by tapping into their Akashic records, channeling messages, and then communicating the core reason for why they're experiencing their current reality. And I absolutely love her. She goes deep. And I love in your podcast how at the end of your intro, you say, it's time to dive in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you say, I love that. I, I, oh, I love catchy phrases like that. But thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. So we're going to have to go all the way back. So how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? And how'd you end up where you are? Yeah. So um, I grew up in a suburb right side outside of Philadelphia, not that crazy of an upbringing, like middle-class Jewish suburban like girl, (laughs) but I always knew that I had different like abilities and was able to tune into things. And I had some psychic experiences as a young child, a lot of which kind of scared me. I didn't really talk about it with anyone ever until I was older. And then I also kind of shut it down. I think, you know, as I got to be an older child, as a young child, I used to see things like I was always afraid of the dark, but it was because like when it was dark, like I saw shit and it was scary. <laughs> so I remember I was always like, I can't be in the dark. I can't be in the dark because I would see things. And I had a lot of experiences where I would be like out of body or I would have like awarenesses about like, just like the deeper nature of reality, like as a young child. So it was kind of overwhelming for me and I didn't really know what was happening. And I kind of shut down, like I said, but I was always super interested in like anything having to do with like the deeper levels of reality, like astrology and psychics and witches. And I was always trying to figure out like what was really going on. Cause none of it actually made sense to me. You know, I always had that. And then when I was in college, it was my second year of college when I was 19, I was struggling with an eating disorder and I had anxiety and I was just like looking for answers as to why I was feeling this way. Cause you know, Like I said, I never had really anything happen to me. I mean, obviously we all have trauma, which is a huge part of what I talk about, but you know, I didn't know why I was feeling the way I was feeling. So I kind of went on this quest of trying to figure out a deeper level of what was happening. And I discovered yoga and I started working at a yoga studio and that was where I discovered breath work and breath work was kind of the thing that really like grabbed my attention and really was so intriguing for me because it was like this way to access uh, different levels of your consciousness and like change your perspective, like other than like drugs, it was the only thing that I had seen that like could change your perspective and expand your vision of reality. So I got super into breath work and there's a really great breath work community here in Philadelphia. And I literally just did every single training that they offered for the next four years of my life. Like I did 
three breathwork training programs. I did a breathwork teacher training program. I had different teachers that I would like follow all over the place doing their trainings and stuff. And then I started teaching breathwork in my early twenties. I used to teach classes and I would have one-on-one clients, but I don't think I was at the place at that time to like really start my own business you know, I kind of just like moved on with life. I became a school counselor. I got my, my undergrad was in education. And then I got my master's degree in counseling psychology and I became a school counselor and I was a school counselor for 10 years, but I was always like, I always had breath work in my life. And I like on the side would teach it here and there. And I just always knew that I had these like really deep abilities to help people transform. And then In 2019, it just became like really, really loud. Like there was a series of events that happened. Like I worked at a school for seven years and some crazy stuff happened there and I left and it was like a series of events that made me realize that I needed to do something other than being, be a school counselor. Cause I knew that I was only utilizing like 15% of my abilities as a school counselor. So I started working with a coach and then I just kind of realized that I needed to start my business. And I initially just thought it was going to be around breath work. Cause that was like what I knew. And it was in the beginning, this was like in early 2020 like January, it just quickly evolved into everything I do now. And yeah, that's kind of like the short version of it. (laughs) Interesting to me, because I have a lot of people struggling with their teens that are having serious issues with anxiety and depression. And my daughter's school has had numerous suicides this year. And one was earlier this week. She said when she went into class the other day, the teacher was crying. They had to bring in the counselor. The counselor was crying. And this girl stood up and she said, so what are you guys going to do about this? Because it seems like all the school does is send out an email, come in and cry and then leave and forget that it happened. We as a community need to pull together and do more about this. And Trina said, she just stood there like, wow, go girl. Yeah. So what you teach is so needed right now. It's not just Colorado. And part of me wonders if these children are suffering not only because of COVID and present stuff, but we all know that pain helps people to evolve. And they're a very smart group of kids and very open compared to like my generation and they're shifting. And so sometimes I can't help but wonder if they're just challenged to evolve faster. I mean, I didn't even evolve and like really have my awakening until I was like 37. I don't know. I just had all these thoughts about it last night. So thank you for all the time you spent in those schools. And I know they kind of handcuff you to certain things you can do and not do. So I get that piece of it, but yeah, it's a hard, hard time for these young ones right now. Yeah, it really is. And my kids are younger, so they're five and seven, but I mean, I see how it affects them as well you know, it is hard as a school counselor, because obviously, you know, I feel like I did 
touch so many kids' lives and I did help so many kids, but you're right. There is only so much you can do when you're in that position. You know, the school that I worked at for seven years, like most of my time as a school counselor was a Spanish immersion school. And most of the kids was either from Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico. So it was like this very like close-knit community. And a lot of people were either first generation or like the kid, they were like just kind of coming here. So, you know, it was really hard because like, as much as you wanted to help, there's only so much you could do and you can't change people's circumstances or, you know, it was, it was difficult for sure. But I mean, one thing I learned though, and I think this goes a long way, just even in the coaching space and other places is like really a lot of times all kids need and all people need really is someone to actually be present with them and hold space for them when they're going through something. And I think that for me, when I first became a school counselor, I kind of thought that I had to like fix the problem or I had to like give advice or I had to do something about it, especially with these kids that are dealing with so much trauma and so many like really messed up things happening in their lives. It's like, well, what do you do? And like over time, I realized that like, I don't have to do anything other than just be there and like actually be present with them and hold space. Yeah. That's just like something that I learn and kind of like takes the pressure off too. Cause it's like, okay, that's all they really need. And that's all you can really do. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. My little girl's going through a lot. She's nine, nine. Are you kidding me? But she's just feeling all the pressure and there's just not really anything like that has happened. You know what I mean? It's just, but she did come into this world that way too. She's always been very hard on herself, stuff like that. A lot of it's her personality. But the other day, I mean, there wasn't anything for me to say. I mean, because I've nothing that I've already said, right? And so really all I needed to do with her was literally just lay with her for like an hour and cry with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that like made it better. Oh you my know? God, and 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. There was no words that, you know, that were going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And the suicide age is getting lower and lower. You know, there's a fireman here in town that I'm good friends with. He says it's, you know, you're seeing 12 year olds, you know, I mean, it's just getting lower and lower that age. And I, I will say, I agree. It has a lot to do with TikTok and especially TikTok, Snapchat, and a lot of those social medias. And that again is for the parents' responsibility to monitor, I, but it's hard. Even my own daughter, she'll like, she's like a little negotiator. They're so smart. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> No, I know. I remember that was a huge thing I would come up against because I worked with mostly middle school kids, which I loved, but it would be, they they could figure out like none of their parents really knew anything like, cause they could figure out how to like, they would have all the stuff on their phone and then they would take it off their phone when they gave their phone back to their parents. And like, they had it all figured out. Oh, to- <laughs> totally. A friend of mine's daughter, she didn't know what she was doing. And she came home one day and found out she made like 20 accounts to all these random like sites. And one of them was for uh, the one you swipe right on. And she's like, she's 12. She oh my God. Yeah, that's okay. My daughter spent over a thousand dollars 
on a fucking cookie run game and Apple would not give my money back. <laughs> oh my god that's yeah, crazy oh god let's go back to when you were a child though i mean you said you saw things mm-hmm. uh, you know shannon and i always talk about like the chakras you know right around seven you start to the ego comes in and and it starts to tell you oh no push it away that's weird you're not normal how did you deal with that and how do you think that affected you in the long run i think it affected my like sense of self-worth and also like being really shy so i feel like i kind of internalized a lot of things and i felt like i was like different than people and it kind of made me feel like i needed to hide who i really am because like i didn't feel like there was a space to like kind of express how i felt or what i was going through so i definitely feel like it affected me in that way. And then also kind of fast forward to like, as I am starting my business and stepping more into my gifts, it was kind of hard for me to like really own that and put that out there because it was like something I'd been hiding for so long and kind of like pretending like it wasn't there. Um, And I think a lot of people have that experience. Well, and it's not really controlled there. There's no boundaries. No one's taught you those kind of things. So it can get pretty scary. I have to tell you, just last night, Kensley and her friend were in the backyard jumping on the trampoline and it was dark. And they came running in and they heard a noise. Kensley looked. She said there was a tall, bald being with long nails (gasps) and she could see it. And so they ran inside and her friend was like freaking out. Oh my God. The thing is, is that my oldest daughter was seeing activity in the house and we usually do have a lot of activity here, but this thing sounded really scary. So the, my first thing is, okay, well, how did you feel when you saw it? And, um, she was like, well, I was kind of scared. And I was like, were you scared? Cause it was dark and you didn't know what it was. And you know, or, or did you actually feel that it, there was something to be fearful? She sat there. She's like, no, not really. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> So you're not afraid then. But last night she kind of like, can you sleep with me? And I was like, if I need to, but she got over it. But, you know, same thing as when I was little and you doubt what you see because she did too, because her friend was flipping out. She was, well, maybe it was just my imagination. I mean, Kinsley had details, Mm -hmm. you know, and like I said, my other daughter was kind of validating that there was something going on and neither one of them had even spoke to each other. She had saw something move in my kitchen and stuff. So And it happens here, but I mean, like you can seriously just start to not trust yourself at such a young age that, you know, it's so nice to have people like you and other people in our community and yours that, you know, you can validate your experiences with. And I love that you created that and your metamorphosis program that you have seems like it really brings that out in your students. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when I created the metamorphosis, I did not know exactly what it was going to be in the sense of like, I knew what the content was, right? Like the content is based on breath work, but we go through these different levels of healing your relationships and your ancestral and family trauma. But I didn't realize what a powerful program it was going to be to not only heal trauma, but also to uncover your gifts and your purpose. It's funny how it evolved because when I created it, I was like, oh, this is just like a breathwork program. (laughs) And then to see the results that people get from it, it's just kind of mind blowing. (laughs) Mind blowing. I was listening to the ladies in that round table on your podcast and I was blown away. 
I was like, yeah. wow, you, I mean, they discovered some really rich, soulful purpose in their lives. And it was like, all of them had amazing stories and they were all amazing people. And so I do believe that you attract, you know, like energy. So, and I could see that with all of you, which was super yeah. cool. Yeah. Thank you. I know it's been wild to see the things that people uncover within themselves. It really blows your mind. And it's something that you cannot ever expect. Like my one client, Emma, who was on there, who discovered that she can like channel people's spirit guides and draw them. Like I'm, and she's like an amazing artist. And it's just like, what, what about the one like, who sings? The one who yeah, has yeah, Claire Vocal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Back up. What the heck is Claire Vocal? <laughs> I know. So my client, Emily, she discovered that she has this ability. She channeled this method of like where you tone your chakras. So she channeled these different like tones that you make that help clear like trauma in each of the chakras. And then when you're making the sounds, she like receives messages and information about like where you're blocked or stuck in that area and like what you need to do to clear it. It's really wild. Everyone should check her out. Her Instagram is Claire Vogel, 333. Like being it to them? Well, she'll show you how to make the sound. It's not, you don't have to like be a singer or anything. She just like shows you how to make the sound and then you make the sound and then she'll like kind of coach you through like ways to get more like deeper into it. It wasn't a thing. No, no, no. No, this wasn't a thing. I think you bring up something very important for our listeners. And that is, there's no guidebook that you flip through that tells you what you can do and what you can be and what jobs you can have. Don't run from those weird creative spaces, right? I mean, and that's yeah. what you teach, like get out of the matrix there. This is not a box that everybody fits in. Everyone's no. making their own. Definitely. And I think, you know, it, the biggest thing is kind of dismantling from all of that programming that says like, we have to do things a certain way because like everybody, I believe everyone came here to share like this specific frequency, like this specific gift. And you have to kind of like open up and uncover what that is. And the way to do that is disconnecting from all of this programming and like all of the fear that comes up when you disconnect from it. Like I know for me, when I left my job, I had so much fear come up feeling like I was like being like disloyal or betraying someone or something by following my own path. So I think there's so much programming around like what you should do versus what you're actually meant to do. Yeah. I was at this cute little store at this mall by us the other day called The Local. And I'm going to share with you this little card I picked up. It said, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't you. So you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. Yeah. I love that. That's like exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is that you aligned with me where what I had discovered was 
I had to actually get to the root of this first. And so the ancestral work, how did you get into that? Because I know for myself, that was some pretty deep work for myself. It lasted six years, but it's my passion in helping other people. So I I definitely um, relate to you with that. Yeah. So it's kind of just something that started to come forth for me as I started to work with more and more people. And I started to work in the Akashic Records, you know, well, when I first discovered the Akashic Records, I realized that I'd always been working in the records. I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, But once I started really working in the records more intentionally and working with more clients, I realized that I was able to see ancestral patterns and I was able to see, um, um, and, and I saw it for myself too, when I was doing a lot of my own deeper healing work with breath work. And I had an experience when I was pregnant with my son, when I was doing breath work that I saw in a breath work session, I saw myself uh, being born like in coming through my mother's womb. And as I came through the womb, like taking on all of her trauma. And mm. that was kind of like, one of the first like deeper healings and understandings I had around ancestral trauma. And then, you know, fast forward to when I started really working deeply with people, I just started getting a lot of information around that for people to help them shift it. And, you know, I feel like the ancestral patterns and the ancestral trauma inform the experiences we create in this lifetime. So usually like the family patterns that we see people playing out and those belief systems are usually rooted in some kind of ancestral trauma or ancestral patterning. So it all kind of goes together. And I just started getting more and more information around that. And then as I'm just dismantling everyone's stuff and moving through the trauma, it just was kind of like a natural piece that started to come forward for everybody that I work with. Wow. Same. I have a hard time even looking at people without seeing their ancestry behind them because I've done so much work with it. And it's a big part of my program, my clear workshop that I help do just ancestry work with them. If you see ancestors standing behind me, Shanna, you must see a bunch of man haters. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but it's true. It's so true. But you know where I have found where I've gone to in the past year is that now that I've really got myself rooted and healed in that, I'm starting to go to another level that I never even knew freaking existed. And I've had a whole nother awakening and I've just been receiving and having the most amazing experiences. And my vibration has shifted to somewhere I never thought was possible. And so it's so amazing how when we go through these awakenings, whether it's ancestral work or Akashic work or understanding that, you know, you are an energetic body, that was a huge awakening. It's like you level up every time. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Speaking of leveling up, some of our listeners are still going through that beginning stages. So when they hear us talking about this stuff, I always like to take it back to step one. And that is, they might not even know what the Akashic Records means. And we've had on guests before who've explained it, but I find that every guest has different words they use and each guest might just reach someone to help them understand it a little bit more. So can you talk about that realm? Can you talk about Akashic Records and channeling and what that means to you? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, like I said, it's something I kind of been doing uh, my whole life, but the way I like to describe the Akashic records is 
it's like a library of everything that's ever occurred or will ever occur in the universe. So it's kind of like this living library of everything. So if I'm tuning into your Akashic records, I'm tuning into the evolution of your soul, everything that your soul has experienced or is moving into, or is wanting to experience. And the way that that it happens for me is it's like, it's like I'm tuning into a frequency of information. And then when I tune into that frequency, I'm receiving information in the form of like words or visions or feelings. And then I just kind of translate that into words for you. And then for me specifically, I see a lot of information about where you're going, like your next evolution of your soul, like what your soul is wanting to step into next. And then additionally, I always see like, what is blocking you from getting there? And then I will channel like energy clearing and energy healing to, um, to clear it so that you can step into that next level. So that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You know, this morning I was watching the news regretfully and <laughs> I just, I started to feel it in my body though, you know, immediately when yeah. you're so present with your body and with yourself, you feel everything. I just, I felt it. And instead of just ignoring it and keep watching it, I just stopped and I just breathed light into my chest and just, it just expanded. I expanded that light out. And then before I knew it, I was breathing into Ukraine, you know, and I just was letting it leave me. What are you doing right now for yourself as for stress getting through these hard times? Oh, good question. Um, I'm always doing a bunch of things. I do meditation in the morning and I really like work with my own energy to shift and attune my frequency to like the next level that I'm wanting to step into. So I'm always doing some kind of energetic process with myself to like shift my energy and shift my frequency kind of like to what I'm stepping into, what I'm growing into. So I do a lot of that. Um, I also work with different healers and energy workers. Like when the, when I it's needed, I have an amazing mentor who also works in the Akashic records. Who's always incredibly helpful for me. And then I also get massages once a month. (laughs) I journal and I really take a lot of care to put my well being above everything else because I know that when I do that, everyone else benefits from that. So I, I think that that is really important and um, like managing my own energy and just being incredibly conscious of where I'm putting my energy, what information I'm hooking into, where I'm putting my consciousness, because I always say your consciousness and where you put like your attention is the most important thing. Like your energy and your consciousness is your most important commodity essentially. So I'm incredibly conscious of where I'm putting my consciousness, where I'm putting my energy. And I'm always making sure that it's places that are aligned with my highest timeline. Well, who would have ever thunk we needed to be conscious about our consciousness? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Wait, I have to be conscious about my consciousness? Like, whoa, what? Where your attention goes, energy flows. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like unlearning everything. It's like, why was there not a step one class that told me that I should be aware to my own presence? Like, isn't that really important? 
Uh, yeah. And I feel like, you know, as somebody who worked at schools for so long, just realizing how like most of what we're taught in the school is completely useless. You know, when I was a school counselor, the the last school that I worked at before I left was like a more progressive, really awesome school, actually. And they allowed me to create a meditation program. I created a meditation curriculum for middle school kids. And I also received a grant to expand the program. I convinced them to buy me not only 40 yoga mats, but 40 weighted blankets, because I had this idea that in order for the kids to relax their nervous system and actually meditate, they needed to lay down with a weighted blanket. So I got them to buy me 40 weighted blankets and I created this meditation program for them. And it was phenomenal, you know, and then COVID happened and we left. And then I never went back after that because I left to run my business. But, you know, the reason I share that is because we really don't learn any of these things. I mean, in order for kids to actually be able to like learn and absorb any information, they need to be out of fight or flight. And 99.9% of the time they're not. So the education is kind of pointless. (laughs) I mean, I have so many moms right now telling me all these things about their kids being sad and depressed. And I'm like, mine do like, I'm going through the very same thing. I mean, it's really hard when the entire world is in fight or flight. And obviously I think that that is actually what manifested into war, but these kids are just really having a hard time. This trauma is going to affect them. It's going to affect them in the future. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that a lot of kids are coming in that way. And I do think the generation has been incredibly affected and traumatized. Yes, I do agree with that. And I also have been shown, and I truly believe that all of these kids came in like in agreement of this, you know, and they came in knowing that they were going to go through this time and to, um, you know, essentially assist with the evolution of a species, you know? So I think that on a soul level, these kids know that they were, that they came here for this and that part of this evolution is them experiencing this trauma and transmuting it. So, you know, and, and, and again, it doesn't mean that it's not going to affect kids in a tremendous way. Like obviously all of the suicide and all of that is horrific and it is, not something that we see as like having any kind of higher purpose. But I think when we zoom out and look at the higher perspective, I think on a soul level, these kids are coming in knowing exactly what they're coming in for and knowing that they're coming in for this transformational time. I'm thinking that the best thing you can do as a mom for this is like work on you because these kids need awakened parents then. If they're a special mission, then they need parents who can guide them. My daughter, Lindsay, I took her back in a past life regression. She came out of my womb in the regression. That was one of her biggest like, like realizations because she had always had dreams of being naked and alone. And she's like, how am I feeling alone when I have like four siblings, a full house all the time, lots of people around me. But it was because when she was when I had her, they took her away really fast. And that trauma was mm. still within her. When she would wake up from this dream that she had, she would have this weird taste in her mouth. Mm. And when I took her back and she went through the womb, she could taste amniotic fluid. And she knew right then exactly what it was. And oh, just wow. connecting that, bringing you back to those traumatic events. 
Definitely. I mean, you can heal them and shift them so quickly. And that's the thing that I think like, even for the kids, you know, like as we progress forward and we start and quantum healing and all of this work starts to become more widely accepted. I think that we are going to be able to shift and change from these things even more quickly. Cause I see it with the work that I do, right? Like we can shift things really quickly. It's just a matter of like that being more of like a widely accepted thing. Like it doesn't have to take forever. So can you explain this quantum healing? What is this? Yeah. So basically everything is energy, right? So a lot of the work that I do is around energy work. And and then I also like channel energetic frequencies that like upgrade your energy and upgrade your frequency. So essentially with quantum healing, everything is energy. So when we're looking at a trauma or a wound, right? When we break it down, it's an energetic pattern that's running in the system. So for example, if like when I was younger, I had a feeling of not feeling safe. I'm continuously running that pattern of energy in my body that feels like I'm unsafe. So if I break that down to its energetic form, I can go in and remove that energetic pattern from the body on a quantum energetic level, right? Like I can go in and remove that energetic pattern. And then with energy, you have to fill the void. So then I fill the void with something else with a deep sense of safety, a deep sense of trust, a deep sense of, of well-being or unconditional love. So then when I shift that energetic pattern on that energetic level, everything shifts, right? And it happens like that. I'm able to see a pattern of energy. And when I say see, like, I don't actually visually see it, but I sense it, right? Like I sense that there's a pattern of energy running and I'm using this example of feeling unsafe, right? Because I think everyone experiences this to a certain degree. So if I'm seeing that that's the pattern of energy that we need to clear in order to get to the next level, I will go in like to their energetic field and I will remove that pattern of energy. So I like use my words and my energy to like take that pattern and kind of, it's almost like suck it out of the body. It's almost like vacuum it out of the body. And then I fill the void with something else. So I'll fill the void with like, say it's unconditional love. Then I'll just say like, okay, I'm activating your cells. I'm filling the void with this unconditional love or this deep sense of safety. And then I kind of like use my energy to attune that frequency within their field. So I've now removed the energy that we don't want. And I've filled it up with the energy that we do want. And then what happens is that, um, you just start to feel differently and think will happen really quickly. Right. And it, it depends on the person too. Like I find like, if it's somebody that has a denser field, meaning like they, they have a lot of stuff to clear, or they're just kind of starting out, it will take longer. Right. Like in the sense of like, we might have to work together for a little while so we can just gradually clear everything out. But somebody who's done a ton of work and who's really open, they might have a crazy thing happen where like, you know, after an energy clearing session, it'll be like, oh, I just had three new clients sign up, like something like that. It kind of depends on the person, but you will see those like instant shifts and instant changes in your energy when we're working in the quantum field on a deep energetic level. Okay. And can you work with people via Zoom or do you prefer to work with them in person? No, I actually don't work with anyone in person. (laughs) 
<laughs> energy has no distance. Yeah. It's just, I mean, so when I started my business, it was in January of 2020. I did some in-person breath work at that time, but then, you know, March of 2020, it was like, that was really when my business started to take off and everything was online. So I just, you know, kind of naturally just built my business all online. Do you find that you ever are being questioned? Like, cause it's woo woo or do you find that most people that come to you are already open to this? Most people that come to me are already open to this. Um, like I'd say the only person who like not questions me, but is just like, sometimes like, okay, I don't get it is my husband. Cause sometimes he's like, okay, I think he actually does get it. He just wants to pretend that he doesn't get it. <laughs> but no, I feel like most people that are attracted to my work, like already get it. Or I feel like there's some people that'll be like, I've had people say to me, um, I don't always know exactly what you're talking about, but I feel really comfortable and safe in your energy. And like, I know I want to work with you. So I think that if somebody doesn't a hundred percent get it, they're open. You know what? I love yeah. that because earlier I was thinking about like two separate conversations I've had in my life with a particular teenager. And the first one was when I was really still in my box and basically speaking out of what I was told to believe instead of what I had experienced. And it made the person uncomfortable. It, it didn't sit right with them because they felt like there wasn't validation in the stories and the Bible and other things. Then when I came back years later and came from an energy perspective, they were like, it's so weird because it doesn't, there's no proof that this is like real either, but yet this just like the Akashic records it, but it just sits better with me and my body. And I said, mm -hmm. that that's the important piece of it. Right. And so I thought that was so cool. I just had this conversation with, with this teen the other day and she goes, even though I don't understand it, even though it, I don't like have, like, I can't see energy and I can't see auras and I can't see that you're telling me this Starbucks cup has energy. When you tell me all of this, it feels like my body relaxes more. I can breathe better. When you were talking to me years ago about just all these other things, mom, it just didn't, it didn't fit right. It didn't feel good. And I thought that was, that was really telling. Well, yeah, because we can feel energy. Right. And I think that we've been programmed to believe that if we can't see something, it doesn't exist. Yep. Um, and that's just not true at all. Like most things we can't see exist. <laughs> well, I was going to say um, we've been programmed that, but we've also been programmed to believe in something that doesn't, you know, that we can't prove exists either. Like something like God, Yeah, you know, so it's like, totally. oh gosh, we're so programmed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But people know and people can feel truth, like truth has a frequency. And that's why I love the Akashic Records is because it's a very high frequency of truth. And people can feel it when they're being told the truth or they're being told something that is aligned, like you can feel that in your body. I agree. I really, oh really agree. Anna, I think she's a clone of you. You guys I love her. I know. <laughs> I swear to God, this whole, this whole entire time, the things that you're saying, the way you say it, I'm like, she's just another 
there's she, she's she's Shanna. Like you guys both, yeah. The two of you are like this. You must have been so. I, I even thought I was like, I wonder if she'll be part of my spiritual sleuth team. That's what I was thinking after I was listening to you. I was like, she would be so good on my spiritual sleuth team. <laughs> you you know what I was thinking? I was sitting there thinking, I'm um, I found five acres not too far from my house, and it's going for a good price. And I I have this vision the other night of like these teepees on it, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if she'll. I want her to come out and be part of a retreat <laughs> oh my god definitely i love that right yeah red tents would be better than teepees <laughs> probably get burned by the stake for teepees yeah mm. have you ever watched the red tent i haven't i like know about it but i haven't watched it everyone said that the book is really good too so but if you get a chance I heard it's it only two, two episodes I just feel like there's this like feminine energy and I'm not talking like feminist against men energy, even though sometimes I do feel that, but no, I feel more of a a union of the two and, but it's still as powerful as, so it does feel powerful for me when I speak it because, and this must be what it feels like to have balls is that, you know, I'm as powerful as. And that's, right. you know, what it feels like, maybe. I, I don't know. Did you say balls? I did. I said balls. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Shanna. Uh, okay. And by the way, I just want to say, love your website. I love the oh, part. thank of, you. Love the little part about magic. It's very beautiful. It's welcoming. Yeah. Just shout out your website. Anything that you're promoting right now, please. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. So my website is elisebreathes.com. So you can find me there. You can also find me on Instagram at Elise underscore breathes. I don't always like open up spaces to work with people one-on-one, but I just opened up three spaces to work with me one-on-one in like a high level container. So it's like a very high level of support where you have access to my community, my group programs, plus we work one-on-one for six months and a boxer. So it's a very high level of support. And I'm obsessed with helping people make incredibly crazy transformations in very short amounts of time. So it's for the person who's like really ready to dive in head first and go all in. So I have that going on right now. So that's where you can find me. And my podcast is called Reclaiming Consciousness. My podcast has kind of just like took off in this direction I wasn't even expecting. I have a lot of amazing guests on there and um, it's just, it's really cool. So definitely check that out. Thank you for sharing your energy and your space with us. And you know what? How brave. That's a really brave transition going from just this job, you know, working with these teens where you were doing great work. Shanna and I both know that starting your own, your own business is fun, exciting, terrifying, confusing. Yes. It's Uh, everything. It's all of the above. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot people, but it's, it's worth it because we get to meet people like you. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And now it's time for break that shit down. One thing that I think I've been thinking about a lot and that I think is crucial is really the only way that we are going to change the world is by every single person taking full responsibility for their lives, healing their ancestral and family trauma and fully 
reclaiming the parts of themselves that they gave away. So I think that that's the most important thing is like nothing, nothing is about anyone outside of you. Everything is about you. And once you can take full responsibility for that, that's when you take your power back and your life really starts to change. Thanks, Shanna. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, It's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great connecting with you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.